0: Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Sportico's Football Stories podcast. I am Ander Aiteralde. And I'm Craig Hansen. And today it's just the two of us. Myself and Craig are here to dissect England and Spain's performances at Euro 2020. Now that the dust has settled, we will get into the highs and lows of the tournament from our own perspectives.
1: Yes, Ander, uh, Spain reached the semifinals, England reached the final. There's so much to talk about concerning both teams and I can't wait to get stuck into it.
0: So it didn't come home in the end, Craig. <laughs> no, it,
1: <laughs> it did not. It did not at all. But uh, that was it was expected. I did, I did preempt it on the previous podcast. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You, still, we, we, we went proud. through the whole thing of like losing at, at home, the final, <laughs> dramatically.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was super predictable, I think. But um, but really cool that we made it to the final. Super proud. You know, really, just awesome experience. This tournament was was really amazing for, for England fans. I think, really cool.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, we're we're here to do uh, Spain and England, are two co- respective countries of origin. Uh, but yeah, no, obviously, I have I have probably even a greater grasp on on England than than Spain. And, and yeah, that was very interesting to observe observe. England getting to where they got uh, there's a lot, I mean there's a lot to it even like there's n- the negative aspects to h- how it all kind of came undone at the end and how the tournament kind of went and how they kind of got away with certain things um, I, some deficiencies you could say w- within their own like play and system and setup but I mean they did get to the final and they almost got it they almost they almost made it they almost beat Italy in the in the in the shootout it didn't. It wasn't meant to be. They didn't. We weren't able to punch through at the end. Um, I don't know. Just, we'll just go like through our general thoughts. But um, what what are your observations, or what would you like to get into?
1: Well, I guess um, just to, that I'm really happy with the job that Southgate did. I think, um, especially the media here. I don't know about elsewhere, but there's a lot of you know picking him apart and and finding excuses. Guilty as charged. For any- <laughs> and uh, finding any uh, any excuse to kind of downplay his success, I think. But what I would say is that um, in my lifetime, we've had a number of different managers. We've had a number of different golden generations or whatever you want to call it. And there's never been anything close to success. Um, I think that when we talk about kind of easy run-ins as we did in the World Cup and now here again, it's an easy side of the draw. I just feel like 10 years ago, we could have had the same draw and we would not have beaten these teams. We would we would have lost to Ukraine, really, believe me. We've seen it happen. We've seen the draws with Algeria, the draws with the United States. We've seen just pathetic, unbelievable performances against really low-level sides. And I feel like we're at a stage now where, you know, you can only beat the teams that are there too. I think it's a little bit disrespectful when people try and, you know, claim, oh well, it's only Denmark. That's the reason why you're there. You know, like Denmark were in the semifinals for a reason. They're a good team. And I think I don't know, we could do that all day. Maybe if we played France on the other side of the draw, we would have gone out. Or if we'd have played this other team, we would have gone out. But I think just um, I th- maybe the style aside, because there's legitimate criticism to be made there. But I think in terms of the the getting the wins and getting to the semifinals and the final back to back. I think it's great like and I couldn't I couldn't think of another person I would want to take over. I would be genuinely devastated if if he left really. I think this is our opportunity right now maybe in the next World Cup and maybe the Euros after to really try and actually win something and I think I think if we don't I I don't imagine who we could bring in. Really we bring in someone amazing on paper, elite, you know, extravagant manager and I just feel like we'd be going out in the quarters or well, probably last 16. That's what we always did. Capello, we, we, we did nothing. It, it meant nothing. Ericsson, we did nothing. Quarterfinals, I don't know. I feel like we should trust the process.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, as the old adage, or new adage, I mean cuz this was a thing. I mean, it did the kinds sort of existed before, but it really got um it really gained popularity through the Philadelphia 76ers and the NBA. Um yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it The analysis of Southgate, I think, is a little bit complicated because these two things are kind of true at the same time. He has done a solid job. They have gone to the semifinals and the final consecutively. There is a lot of, like... There is a lot of encouraging signs. At the same time, uh, I mean... At the same time I re- I spe- more so than against Croatia because again it, the, the expectations were quite low in 2018 and the tournament had been pretty good and just to get there after 2016 it was re- was really really positive. This time it does really feel to me at least like a, a, an opportunity wasted. Like I mean they, Italy was there for the taking to a certain extent. They are a tough team but they England never sh- shot again after the a shot on goal after the, after the one goal and so, so it's like it, it, I, I don't know. It just, it just really feels like it didn't have to get to the shoot. It didn't have to be all this like drama that's kind of ensued afterwards. For um, well, for reasons that that probably don't want to get into too much because I mean it, it is kinda, um, kind of kind of how to how to put it um, kind of discouraging, kind of infuriating and frustrating how it all kind of unfolded later because of um, all the. All the fallout from from the shootout, um, but yeah, apart from that, it's just it, it, that that's kind of the feeling that I kind of left with. Because again, I, I don't really make a whole lot. Oh, they beat the Ukraine. They, I mean, they did. Beat, I, I don't think that's a solid enough argument. They beat Germany. Okay, Germany isn't at their highest moment ever, but they still beat them in a complicated game. Then they they passed through U- the Ukraine with uh, with ease for nothing and then against Denmark again Denmark was playing well and at the end England was the superior team and they really played uh, well in that game I felt that they really went for it they really took advantage to some extent that Denmark were um, at the end r- really tired out really really drained I think the the, the second goal comes uh, like it did like with some controversy but I think England deserved that wholeheartedly and again scoring so early having the opportunity in Wembley after the tournament having all that level of talent it does feel like an opportunity that 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 came and went and i, I, I we'll see again thankfully they're very young um, barring harry kane um, the, the players are, like, really, like, starting out right now. Rashford, to a certain extent, Sancho, obviously, Grealis to, to some point uh, as well. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I do think a lot about Belgium and how Belgium's window has probably closed, even though they had, like, these 10 years and they didn't um, end up winning anything. Um, I don't know if there's something that you would like to touch on from all that or from your own point of view.
1: I, th- I think, uh, yeah, that's definitely valid, I think. But the... The problem with hindsight is that, you know, I would have looking back, I'd probably like to to had a, more of a go mm-hmm. and probably, you know, it's crazy to say, obviously, but we would have been better off scoring after 70 minutes, you know, it's a shame that we scored so early. But um, but I feel that it's one of those things I think a, a couple of pundits have said this or whatever, but. If um, if we would have rode out the one nil and Bonucci hadn't have scrambled that one in and would have rode our look all the way and won one 0 in the ninety minutes, it would have been this math, this Italy esque masterclass, you know. Of well, just they they held on and they won one nil. I just feel that yeah, but I don't know. maybe not in a, a critical thinking way, mm-hmm. but I mean in terms of the public, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah general, no, no, and in a
0: basic sense, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah.
1: Nobody would be. I mean, they'd know the genuine criticisms about mm-hmm. the style. They would. That's a thing. But I just think most people, they wouldn't care to even think about it. They'd just be like, okay, we won. That's all that matters. So it's one of those, going into it, from his point of view, I understand that he... I agree with you that I feel we could have been a little bit more adventurous. But um, only a little bit more, honestly, though, I think. I do think the defensive platform was the most important thing. The fact that we kept on not conceding. and, And we did concede chances, but I feel like in general the control that we had in games not necessarily the italy game but in general across the tournament i'm used to watching england just being really erratic really out of yeah. control it is like a soap opera you know it's oh my god and it's 3-1 at halftime against germany and it's crazy and there's goals flying in there's fouls there's all sorts of antics going on and i felt like watching us this tournament. The Ukraine game, for example, I know that they're a weaker team, but in years gone past, we would have played that weaker team. We would have made it like a really dramatic, crazy... We'd have been 1-0 down going into the 70th minute, scrambling for an equaliser or something. This time you're watching it and it's so weird. I remember saying to my friend, this feels weird. I can't even process this. Why are we just comfortably winning? This is not what we do. And it's not about the level of player because with Gerard you know, Beckham, Lampard, all these greats on the pitch, I would have still felt equally afraid, like, surely we're going to screw it up. But I never really felt that this time. I mean, when we played Germany even, oh, but for the the Muller missed, when Muller missed, I knew I was like, OK, something's different. This is weird. That would not happen usually. Yeah. Why did he score? Why are we still in front? And, and then I felt besides that, we controlled the game. And I feel like going into the Italy game, I can understand why Southgate might have thought Okay, let's just, you know, keep it really tight. You know, we'll we'll try and kind of play our game, but we won't be too but he he could have done a little bit more. I would concede that we could have mm-hmm. we could have gone a little bit further and and not only that that the tactics of it, but I think the kind of the game management, the the fact that we left the subs really late. I mean, we, yeah, we that that felt.
0: even throughout the game, it's not so much. Oh, they end up losing. Like even throughout the game, it's like, why is he waiting so much? Why is he yeah, letting Ellie getting back, back into it? Why is he, it just? Yeah, it, those yeah. little moments really felt like, ugh, like
1: the more momentum they built, and you would you could see it happening, and you were thinking, just do something, change something. Not even necessarily just the generic throw on Grealish, but like mm-hmm. maybe change something in the shape, maybe react to what they're doing. Even if it's a defensive change, I don't just make a yeah. change, do something. And we didn't do that. And then, obviously, the whole penalty substitution thing. I mean, I, I think we don't need to go into that. But to bring on three guys with two minutes left, not well, a to it, the play. second
0: to come on a little. Uh, I mean, they come on in the second half, I yeah, think, and then Sancho and South Rashford, South Rashford right at the back. end, yeah.
1: But the Sancho and Rashford thing. I mean, like I, I said, I'm not yeah. calling for Southgate's head, but that was crazy. Really, really terrible idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I get the logic. Like again, they had like great track records, both of them scoring penalties. That's great, but I think it's when. A, those, I think it's one, I think it's a, uh, an interesting example. I think, and also the, the sort of culture war that exists within football nowadays, and within uh, football clubs. I like also with the analytics revolution and all they had the mate. The making the decisions like just pure like too based on the numbers without with removing too much context and again I think this kind of plays into it a little bit because yes they have great track record scoring penalties but again it's not the same to score a penalty in in a, in the game in a game in a Bundesliga game for Sancho against Freiburg in the fifty third minute and to do it at that in not to say anything about his character or his um, lack of ability to perform under that uh, amount of pressure but again bringing them on at that moment of the tournament is like okay. You haven't trusted these guys enough to play basically at all through the whole tournament. You're bringing them on at this moment in time with all this pressure with 96 on your mind. It's like, like I, I don't know. It, it yeah. felt really frustrating because he's the guy that missed the penalty and like to put all, yeah. mount all this pressure and like have, and again, I'm sure Saka was all up for it to take the fifth and to let him do it and Southgate um, trusted him and I don't think that's a bad decision per se but again it's like this really young guy that like two two seasons ago who's not even in the first team for arsenal it's all these things like come on man i mean it's it's not so much just because it turned out badly like again they could have scored they could have won and but again to just to push it to that extreme and to like be on that verge of like losing it all as they ended up doing did feel like one of those things that could have been avoided to some extent
1: yeah 100 percent. and it's not with penalties it's difficult because you know the old cliche, it's a lottery or whatever. You know, Saka could have easily put it that side really nonchalantly and Donovan yeah. could have happened to have gone the other side, whatever. Yeah. But but there are criticisms to be made. And I think the Saka one doesn't even bother me as much. It's more the the Rashford and Sancho one because yeah. we could have still won the shootout if they've scored. And they are more than capable of scoring really good takers. Yeah. But when you're stone cold... Yeah, you get like, on the pitch bring for it on for the, for, the whole, for the
0: whole of extra time. Not in the 119th yeah. uh, yeah, minute. It's
1: and when they get to take the penalty they're warm i mean if yeah. me and you went over the park now <laughs> yeah. and you just went in the goal and the very first don't do anything don't even jog just in yeah. case score a penalty yeah that's weird like you'd yeah. rather play yes. a little while get a touch of the ball yeah. it's just like you said that difference between the kind of analytical side and the kind of instinctive side that yeah instinctively that doesn't make sense to cuz Ra- i think rashford under normal circumstances would score 9 times out of 10 yeah. and sancho too and yeah. I get that he trusted Saka. That's cool. Even if Saka misses then, okay, we've got... It's not so bad because the other guys can put them away. But I feel like he hamstrung yeah. Sancho and Rashford there. And But, you know, it's one of those, like we said, like all these things. Mm. Donnarumma could easily choose the wrong side. It could yeah. easily be a poor penalty that still goes in. Mm-hmm. And we win. And big celebration Southgate's the hero. So, yeah. I don't know. But... Yeah. In general, I'm super pleased with the tournament and with him and his performance, but there are things to tweak, for sure. But we're making progress. We've got one step further maybe in qatar we can take the
0: final step hopefully hopefully and and within the shootout one little thing that i mean it's not it's pretty relevant but how, the, the, how how harry maguire took the penalty i mean it, that was just amazing how he just like yeah, i mean it, it, it could have got it could have gone all the way to Stanford bridge that ball like going out over the roof of the stadium and and no problem, but it went um and in the top hand corner like that that, that 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 was really really fun. It's like okay he's going to score it and he scored it and and he there was no the stopping that in i think Yeah, no, yeah, he did, actually. Yeah, yeah, he he broke it. The the signal went completely out. That's
1: the kind of penalty taker you want right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. and I mean, we did see a a lot of interesting things, I think, for as much as, like, I think it was too conservative to have Rice and Phillips all the time um, on the pitch. Like, I think this tournament for Kellen Phillips was a pretty huge thing and and remarkable, and it speaks uh, really well of his capabilities after the whole season he's he's had at least with all the responsibility i mean being pushed to the extreme and and really i mean used in, in to be, for be, um, by Bielsef, um, for the whole season and having that amount of responsibilities to translate that to, to england and be a, a really good player i think he did really well again to some extent the system kind of maybe um made them m- made made them not show their whole array of, of abilities going forward but i think Phillips did really well. Rice did pre- pretty decently as well. And I think uh, there's a lot of like interesting things and positive things that have arisen from, from from this tournament and how it's developed and how it's helped players such as him flourish.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think he came on leaps and bounds. And like you said, the energy that he has considering playing the whole tournament under Bielsa. Um, yeah, I thought he played fantastically and, and really grew into the tournament. And like you said, he couldn't show all of his weapons but he committed to the system really well which I prefer as well that you know yeah it's better to have a player who's willing to buy into exactly what they're told to do than a player who's going to show you lots of things that the manager doesn't want that maybe don't necessarily work for the system and then we can critique the system properly because it's not the player's fault they, they do exactly what oh, they're yeah, told and yeah. I felt Phillips did yeah. that and Rice too and I'm surprised that Henderson didn't it's difficult though because as he kind of came into fitness I guess later on you would have been tempted to maybe start him in some games but it would have been pretty harsh to take someone out I think especially Phillips so I would have been a little bit disappointed to see him come out of the team so uh, I guess you probably just would have liked to have seen 4-3-3 played a little bit more so the two of them had someone in there with them and and they could all maybe push forward a little bit more but it's it's one of those things so many positives even with the system and how restrictive it is i do think it is a positive to say that we conceded one goal in open play in the whole tournament that is a great thing well, if we can just um, add a little to
0: oh, oh, open play i was thinking i know is at least yeah, two, nah, another, the De- from the one in kick, the open
1: yeah. player and yeah. then the, the the great free kick yeah um no. which I know that uh, Pickford got some flack for but uh, uh, I don't know again,
0: I mean, again it was really well taken and yeah it was a little well bit taken. centered but I don't think that I mean it was really an error at all by, by Pickford No, I and, think and Pickford it's had a great I tournament great. I, I mean all, all things considered like I mean, there were, I mean, and at times you can see his tendencies, and you can see the risks that he brings inherently to the game. But, but I think still, like he performed really well under pressure. He really um, was a difference maker at, at critical spots. And, and 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 it's always funny, like when when they shoot on him, he like has this reaction, like, "Why are you guys letting them shoot at all?" Like, yeah, he has this really like, indignant that. look on
1: his face, like, <laughs> "Why are you letting them shoot?" And then I, yeah. I find that very really funny. <laughs> Me too. He's like enraged whenever he has to make a save. I love it. But he makes a lot of great saves. And and I think the key thing with him, too, is that there's not the competition there. You know, when when people do give him stick for his distribution, for example, and, you know, at times he's a little bit like erratic. But who would you replace him with, really? Honestly, I don't think that Pope Johnston or Henderson are – better than him. Really. Yeah, We'll, we'll
0: see about Henderson, but I don't think Pope... I mean, if Pickford is in the zone and can stop basically anything that's shot at him, I think that's what Pope brings. Pope doesn't bring a, a, a noticeable um, improvement on uh, distribution. So, like, yeah, we'll see about Henderson, but I don't think Pope yeah. and Johnson, because they're really in the, in the same kind of vein that he is, I don't think exactly. they, they will be uh, very uh, much of a threat. But we'll see. In any case, no, he did he yeah. did really well. Um, any other players? Any other things you'd like to... Oh. Point out or that you would like, Oh, I to... thought
1: Shaw was just oh yeah unbelievable yeah. really and that the final really yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought he was great every time he played and I mean Sterling obviously goes about saying Sterling surprised me because, you know, he has had a wretched season. I do I don't really like this um this thing though that this kind of short term thinking. People seem to think Sterling is a terrible player, that he's a bad player, they forget the years of yeah. how maybe it's just me, but I think he's been just unbelievable for years and years and years. Um, and at Man City, so consistent, so many goals, assists. But he always gets that thing, doesn't he, about, oh, yeah, well, it's easy to just tap in. And, well, why isn't everyone doing that? Why isn't that happening yeah. constantly? He's a he's so good mm-hmm. at beating. And even at England, it translates, same thing again, give it to the guy out wide, get straight in the middle, nice tap in. He does it over and over. And But I was surprised because this year he has dropped off a little bit. And uh, you know when he made the starting lineup in the Champions League final, there were a lot of gasps. Then when he made the starting lineup in the first game for England, in the place I was watching, there were a lot of oh, okay, wow, well, I wouldn't have done that because he's really out of form. But he, I don't know, returned to glory. He was, I thought, he was really good in every game. Again, there's not a lot you can do in that system. He's not getting constant like um, chances to do things, but I, I felt like he. Made the most of the the chances he did have to affect the game, and I thought he was probably our best player personally. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I, I wasn't such a fan of his tournament. Like, I mean, it, it was interesting because I would watch him, and like many instances, of, like I get so frustrated w- with a lot of his like deficiencies going on the offensive side. But but again, he tries and tries and tries and tries and tries and yeah. keeps trying. And I think I think that's very positive. The fact that he has that. Um, that mentality to be able to keep going, to be able to keep cool within within the frustration, and and again, I think, I think in a, in, a, in a system more like Guardiola I said, Manchester City, like he would be able to flourish a little bit more. Here it was just a thing like give him the ball, but he isn't quite that ball carrier to really like get around everyone. Like maybe Grealish to some extent, mm-hmm. and even more so Sancho. So, so like again, I think. It w- maybe if he would have played with them too, and, and again a system a little bit more conducive to making him look better, I think he would. have, Apart from the goals, he would have looked better and, and played But again, he was able to score the goals. He was able to make the difference. So I think that is uh, something that, even for all his uh, faults and his game, I think that I think that's something that cannot be uh, under underestimated or overestimated. In, in this case, um, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, no. So that's and yeah, a really interesting tournament by England. Yeah, I think a bit of an opportunity miss, but again, they are a lot of them very young. They do have um, like th- this whole generation feels like we'll have um, more opportunities. Like again, like Sanchez. So young, Colin uh, Phillips, to some extent, rice, obviously Mount Foden, Saka, Bellingham, um, Rashford as well. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. I, th- I think that, yeah, that, that, that is quite encouraging. And also the, future is probably quite encouraging as well I think more so than for England because England did come with expectations we had Spain um, on the other side of the bracket also in the tournament who which Spain had a, a tournament much better than many people expected with Spain it was just much more complicated again because they, they they weren't coming off of a semi-final in Russia 2018 they were coming off from being in the end humiliated to some extent by Russia in the last 16 um, in 2018 um, because again that, that it was a game they should have won, and just kind of got away from them. They lost in the penalty shootout and, and all of that. So, and and again, there had been a lot of turmoil and in, in within the in the team, well, in Russia since then. And I think Luis Enrique did, did a great job. Um, did, did a really good job. Again, he there was a few baffling decisions in in the selection of, of the of the team that that ended up going to the Euros. Not. Um, taking players such as um, Sergio Canales from Betis or from or Diego Aspas from uh, Celta, I think that I think th- those were like a couple of decisions. Like, why aren't you taking two of the best players uh, of La Liga in this in this past season? And the end, it, it ended up going well for him. I think he, uh, despite the very slow start, the very disappointing start, um, being nullified by Sweden, almost losing to Poland. Um, then they did like beat the breaks off of um, Slovakia, but again those two first games did really feel like oh now we can like we could go out <laughs> of in, in the group stage against, against these other three teams, which we are vastly superior uh, against. And, and at the end they didn't like they, they beat Slovakia. They they came back from that um, horrifying mistake um, by well Bedri and m- more so Unai Simon against yeah, Croatia. Simon. Yeah, and, and and it was very interesting like that. And it was very interesting to observe observe the the country kind of coming together, kind coming around to, to to the team and like being um, encouraged and having this this like good spirit and good feeling all around. Like that game against Croatia really did a lot. Like that. That's I feel like the key moment. Yeah, they beat Slovakia, but that wasn't. Yeah, it was it was a little more of a ruder game. And here having to fight against the one of like the. The still the current uh, uh, um, runner up of the world after losing to France in 2018, that, that that was um so that that was a really good game, really good game, and it really helped a lot of them beating Switzerland and the and the shootout was really big because again. England has its own like uh, history with, with shootouts and with like the, these crucial moments going against them. Uh, Spain has has it as well. And like in two thousand eight in two thousand eight in the Euros, then they were re- they were really able to overcome that to a great extent against Italy. Um, but again, ha- having the opportunity again beating Switzerland. In this case, making it to the semifinals, almost making it to the finals, like it was a, a tournament. that started off roughly; that it was really shaky. But again, they were able to almost make it all the way. what, what were your views from 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 Northern Europe uh, out there on that little island called Great Britain? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, to be honest, I wasn't as um, concerned really in the first two games. Um, a lot of kind of um, media personalities here were talking about just how horrifically boring Spain were and how you know terrible and they're totally going out. And I didn't really see that personally. I thought that... I, I loved how was... Danny
0: Murphy called Bob Torres a, a, a slow defender when he was the fastest <laughs> centre-back in all yeah. of La Liga in 2020-2021.
1: Classic English punditry there. I mean, there were a lot of examples of great English punditry in this <laughs> tournament. The only refreshing thing was um, every time you hear Ali McCoyst on ITV, yeah. Ali McCoyst just a, a national hero here i think for everyone um and and um i can't remember her name can you remember the name of the chelsea coach oh yeah emma hayes yes emma hayes there you go. she's really really good really nice really great she was like the 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 shining light i guess in terms of commentary but for the most part it's just horrific but anyway to get back to your question there were loads of comments about how you know just oh my god how terrible is spain and i was thinking that yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the just the, the little cutting edge wasn't there. But in terms of controlling the game, dominating, having chances, I didn't find it as boring to watch as most people did. And, and I wasn't really surprised come the third game that it really kicked into gear. And I thought, OK, here we are. And now it's business as usual. Um, but I still think, I guess, um, I didn't expect them to go as far as the semis. Because like you said, it's, expectations have been lowered and the team's maybe not quite where they used to be. But it wasn't... Um, wasn't like a crazy shock or anything it wouldn't have been like ukraine getting there it was still it's still spain spain is still spain but one thing i wanted to ask you about though because um obviously you're way more connected to the spanish media and stuff despite Mm -hmm. being where you are yeah now that i don't live in spain anymore i mean i read a couple of articles from spanish newspapers here and there and Mm -hmm. obviously i have friends who i speak to but i'm not constantly bombarded with the media yeah what was the kind of um how was the reaction to Enrique after the first couple of games and how did it change? So not so much the people, but the media reaction, was it, okay, this is horrible, this is, you know, this, especially given that he didn't pick any Real Madrid players. I just assume with the yeah. vested interests that there are there, yeah. there could have been a, a big witch hunt. That's, that's just what I imagine.
0: Yeah, no, that, that was absolutely the case. I mean, well, I mean, they, they are like the like the lowest hanging fruit, but El Tiringuito did exactly that. Like, oh, he, <laughs> he should have he been sacked after two games, and then, oh my God, they, we have to rally Spain up together. It's like, oh my God, they won. Or like, he's done such a great job. I mean, L- Luis Enrique does have a bit of a, a, bit, a bit of the problem if he is really like um, kind of abrasive with the media and with people in general like that doesn't help uh, his cause a lot so it, does, it doesn't create a lot of goodwill uh, around him but again he is a really really qualified coach really capable and, and I think he, he he did he did a really good job managing all that cuz again after the two games like people and and the media of course were were really like on about about it all about selection, about um, Morata and, and Luis Enrique really, like, um, trusting him and the decisions that were made, like, there was really, like, all this, like, really sort of tension. And, and yeah, it was sort of like that. Like, after the first two games, everyone was losing kind of their, their minds about him and, and yeah, again, because he's not that well liked to some to many extents like that that doesn't help but yeah once they started winning everything turned around and everything was kind of well more the unison and more like um more just goodwill around the whole thing and really encouraging and uh, yeah it's it, it just really like lame and like yeah they really go like for uh, wherever the wind blows they they go right right behind yeah. so like yeah that, that, that was one of those funny things that, that they do
1: just like our tabloid press here, you know, it's yeah. just worst manager ever. Fire him immediately, and then they kind of get a sense that no, yeah. people are behind him now. Okay, we like him. Yeah. Um, I guess in other sort of negative uh, stuff, I mean, obviously we had the you know horrific negativity after our defeat with the racist abuse and everything, which was predictable, but um, you know very infuriating. Yeah. And um, we, I, I wanted to ask you for the parallel on Maratta because it's not the same thing, but I know that earlier in the tournament, he was already getting like <laughs> yeah. death threats or whatever to his family and stuff, which is, just shows the parallel that we have, I think, in terms of, I don't know, just fans that are a little bit uh, unhinged. I just wonder after the, the semi and crashing out, I mean, was that ramped up? Did you hear, were there more news stories about him getting abuse or going into hiding or anything or did people calm down a little
0: bit not that i know but i think people mostly calmed down i mean because he did score the equalizing goal and he did like play well and again it's like holy shit and then he has to go and, and miss the penalty like yeah. when it was all when perfectly set penalty, up for him to like redeem himself completely was like oh, the- i knew it i knew he would miss <laughs> yeah no i i mean i'm sure it, it ramped up a little bit but nothing like, like at the beginning i think pe- people kind of calm down again with him it's 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 a little bit complicated i think he doesn't i mean it's really easy to say from far away i'm not in his position at all but i think he has really these tendencies to like feed the fire a little too much like again it's not i don't think it's bad that he's really candid and public but i think he kind of i think he is a little too much for his own good and i think he a lot of this could be reduced to some extent because now there's so much like in england where it's just much more vitriolic based on uh stuff much more disgusting as uh as like discrimination on race like with him I just i feel a lot of in his like sort of whole like um Um, people, the whole people that surround him and his entourage a little bit. I don't think he's in the most, like, positive and helpful environment in that sense. I think a lot of these things by people that know a little bit more what they're doing and it could probably um, guide him a little bit better. These things, he could go through these things a little bit with a little bit more ease because, again, he's really, like, uh, forced into these really, like like, well, unpleasant situations, and again, people just losing their mind about him because he is—he is a pretty decent striker. Again, he plays for Juventus. He isn't like one, like someone just uh, brought off the street, just playing just for Weska or anything like that. Like, I mean, he is a. a- he is a pretty decent Ouch. straight. Wesker, yeah. <laughs> Wesker, <doctor. laughs> Well, I mean, I came to mind. Rafa Mir, I know he did. A, he played a good season at Wesker. So, I mean, so it's like, okay, was that like someone that is that it's coming from a smaller team that would be easily bel- belittled oh, nice. by the media? So I mean, he is like a, a player of a really great stature. So again, that's I think I think it's an interesting case study. And again, I, I'm really good friends with a former teammate of his. Uh, who comes on on my other podcast so so yeah analyzing the whole thing and kind of going through the whole tournament I think there's things he could probably do better to make his life a little bit easier within like this um, kind of uh, insane kind of environment that social media can create at times but yeah, I think at the end, scoring that great goal against Croatia, scoring that um, really good goal against um, Italy as well, he missed the penalty. But again, he was able to sort of redeem himself with those two crucial goals against Croatia and against Italy. So thankfully, I think that kind of that kind passed. And the fact that Gerard Moreno did a... a played at tournament it was much poorer than Morata. in the end like i think he did like he yeah. he was just as erratic without the redeeming moments at all so i think i think that that probably helped as cause and he will like remain until someone new can, can emerge he will remain as the
1: as the main um the main priority and on the yeah. offensive so side of the ball point, i guess it was i was surprised by moreno because i uh, um obviously he's had a fantastic season and I did think that, um, especially in those early games when Morata was struggling yeah. and they were bringing on Moreno, I thought oh, I thought Moreno was going to kind of step up and, and save the day sort of thing and become the hero. But, yeah, it didn't work out that way. But um, I guess because we touched on a lot of our, you know, crashing out moment mm-hmm. uh, in the final, yeah. what about the semi against Italy? So, I mean, I feel like most people agree that Spain were the better side and Mm -hmm. and probably should have gone through and uh, obviously i would have preferred that because i have kind of an allegiance to spain and 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 without being too disrespectful i felt like we could have won that game Mm -hmm. even though i think spain were actually the better team i felt like in a way their style might help us kind of thing whereas italy i just thought it's, you know, they just got that thing, haven't they? They're yeah,
0: that, that edge at, at both, at both like, uh, ends of the, of the pitch. Like, again, they have Immobile, yeah. Italy, and they do have a little bit of that issue. But again, with, the, with Yeah, Bonucci on the other side, Donnarumma, of course. And then, even though they have Immobile, they still have uh, Insigne and Chiesa. So, again, they do have more of that edge, it feels like. And, yeah, Spain does lag like a little bit of that edge, both uh, and defense and both on offense, so
1: little bit of a soft underbelly that, like, it's a great yeah. team, amazing players and stuff. But I felt like we could steal one against them. But I think Italy, there's no stealing. You know, they're, they're going to be the thieves if anything that's going to happen. So I was obviously rooting for Spain and I felt like... um that Spain uh, acquitted themselves well, but in the end, went out on penalties. What did you make of the game? Is there anything Enrique could have done differently? Is there anything that the team could have done differently?
0: Um, yeah, they, I mean, to some, I mean, I don't think so markedly um, as England in the final, but I think yeah, there's probably a few things that could have maybe been done quicker, a little bit differently. I think. The going out with Yaritbaud for is like is like ir- irrelevant to some extent as he was in, in the play. Like he wasn't really able to make a dent, m- make a mark on on the game with playing with um, the false nine, basically sort of thing with Ol- well Ol- Ol- Olmo playing really as a, as a false nine. Then Yaritbaud on the on the left if I'm not mistaken, mistaken. But um, yeah, I think I think that w- that was good initially. I think that really kind of. Um, confused Italy or was able to like really unsettle them uh, for periods. Again, not having that player, if I thought it would have been able to be that player to really have that ads even coming from from the from the wing, have that as being able to score the, those opportunities, being able to put Italy away, that that would have been sufficient. But again, I think in overtime or an extra time, like just against like um, like against Switzerland, they did kind of lack, I think and Luis Enrique did kind of. Made some mistakes or like bringing on Thiago weirdly. Like he did bring him on a little bit later as he then he did against Switzerland. In both cases, he wasn't really able to, to make a difference. He made like terrible passes for being one of the best passers of the ball in all of uh, football. Like that was surprising. And again, I agree. yeah, there's one there's just little few things that could have maybe done been a little bit more crisp. Uh, probably uh, using Marcos Llorente and a little bit more of a um, incisive and decisive uh, way it could have been something that that could have also ma- make made a difference. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, I think that there's a few things that could probably been done a little bit better. Um, uh, I know Wolves fans might m- might get upset about this. I don't. Th- I'm glad he didn't just go to like let's give the ball to Adama Traore and let's <laughs> see. Yeah, <what> he- <laughs> <Adama. laughs> yeah. Like again, I think yeah, I yeah. think that was good. that he did, just didn't go to that. They did try, but again, I think. those little few pieces that they're missing kind of showed against Italy in the end. So I don't quite hold it against him quite as much. But yeah, there was a few maybe little moments where he could have been a little bit sharper in the decision making.
1: Yeah, I think um, the Diago thing definitely was one. I, I felt like every time he came on, it didn't really have any effect. He looked a bit. I don't know, off the pace maybe. Yeah. It could just be a matter of confidence again. No confidence in the coach or less confidence, I guess. I agree with you that I'm glad he didn't just roll the dice with Adama in the you know yeah. 80th minutes. That would have been weird. Yeah. Um, again, because I don't think he played a single minute, did he? No, I don't think he um, did, no. So that would have been very strange. Yeah. But you know, clearly, I don't rate you as a player, but please come on and run at someone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, 10 minutes left. That would have been asking a lot, I think um but speaking of um you mentioned with england that the future could be bright um, which i agree and um, i think if i'm not mistaken spain were the youngest squad in the tournament and uh reached the semi-finals um adama is just one of the young shining lights that uh, could be the future of spain um do you think that the future is bright going into the the next uh world cup and the tournaments after i know that uh, Bedri had fantastic tournament everyone's raving about him um, but there are a lot of other guys in there. I mean, how old is, uh, Danny Olmo? He must not be too old, right? 21, Twenty-one, twenty-three, yeah. 23. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought he had a great tournament. I thought, um, a lot of, maybe sometimes he wasn't quite clinical, but he caused a lot of, um, a lot of problems playing, playing in that role. And I think there's, yeah, Paul Torres, how old must he be? 24 or something like that? He's, yeah, 24. <clears throat> exactly. Yes. Can't be too old. So you've got a lot of great, um, sort of early twenties players. Yeah. And I feel like there's uh, there's definitely something to build on. What do you think? Do you think that the future is bright? Do you think Pedri is going to be the next uh, kind of genius to take you to the next level? Where do you see Spain going in the coming years?
0: Um, Pedri does look like that. I mean, it is... I mean again a lot of the, even the great uh, ones that that Spain has produced like they didn't start even being this bright and so effective so, so young and but it does look like the complete package so that is very very encouraging and yeah we talked about this on, on the podcast that um my spanish podcast um The day that Spain got eliminated by Italy, I remember talking with Rafa Pastrana and Nando Villa, also um, great uh, guy that we've uh, found. This came on the podcast on that day, and um, yeah, it it was interesting, um, kind of discussing what the prospects can be for Qatar in 2022. Um, I I think, I think again, as I was saying, the the expectations were very low, and I think now the expectations have been elevated because they've showed that they are capable of of competing, of being um, a force uh, to be reckoned with, and and, yeah, I think, I think. can be again in the in the World Cup. We'll see again. They do have again the deficiencies and 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 the defense and in the and and in the offense as well. But I don't know. I, I think I think they could probably find enough solutions. We'll see. Morata um, will be uh, thirty um, by by that tournament. We'll see if he still remains at that mm-hmm. point as as the main striker. Um, I know there's a young guy. I don't remember his name, but at, at Espanol, that um, that looks pretty promising. That could be maybe the next big the next big thing. We'll see. But we'll see about that because yeah, I think in the, the, um, the attack that that will be the, the most interesting thing. We'll see how Javier Yarzaval can really mature into being a player that can make consistently a difference uh, as a winger like he's still um, 24 uh, at, at the moment of, of recording and, and yeah you have Pedri as you mentioned Dani Olmo I, I mean I, I'm really excited about Dani Olmo I think he can really be a really great player as well. We'll see how he keeps developing. I think being a Leipzig with Nagelsmann has made him like a tons of good. Like he already came from yeah. La Masia in Barcelona. He went to Croatia, which I think was a very interesting but very productive move. And now being a Leipzig sure. under such a great coach, and I think Marsh uh, Jesse Marsh will continue like that work with him. That Nagelsmann has kind of um, continued uh, himself from acquiring a player from coming from Croatia. Uh, and yes, do I you th- see
1: him coming back to Spain though? Uh, it seems like a lot of time. It's strange to have like a yeah. top player in the Spanish national team not playing in Spain. And usually, even if they go away for a little bit, they always end up coming back to La Liga.
0: Yeah, well, they the mainly would come back, I would think, to Real Madrid or, 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 or Barcelona because, um, I mean, at this point, you're really not going to have them play anywhere else. Atletico Madrid um, also as, as the other two. But um, anywhere else, it would be kind of strange at, at this point. You do have the two guys yeah. at, at Villarreal. You have Galla at Valencia. You have Unai Simona at, at uh, Atletico de Bilbao. But, um, but, yeah, like, in his case, unless... Uh, uh, Madrid or Barcelona really um, want to uh, um, bring him in. I think he would stay at Leipzig. I would maybe even see him going to the Premier League uh, much more easy, much more easily than to Barcelona or Madrid. At this point, we'll see where those two clubs are in, in the near future. For now, I think being a sort of contender in Germany, like I mean, they are the first alternative to Bayern Munich um, alongside. Borussia Dortmund um, yeah I, I think for now he'll, he'll stay there and again there's always the possibility if he flourishes enough to be someone like okay like we want this player Madrid um, or Atletico de Madrid Real Madrid or Barcelona I think um, mm-hmm. maybe those three could be an, uh, an option and yeah, beyond that, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the the um, beyond him, like we'll see the the rest of them. Uh, Fabian Ruiz didn't have uh, a good tournament, like I don't I don't sure if he even played it all, um, but who he, he's playing. I a think Nap- he may be
1: going. Yeah, on a few a minutes. Of
0: yeah, at some yeah. point, um, he's playing in Napoli. Like we'll see how he keeps developing. He's only twenty five as well. Um, with Rodri, I don't have a lot of great expectations. Like again, I think we're all, we're. I don't think he's he's ever gonna really evolve into being like a. Busquets, at at Busquets is like top level, that peak level he reached in his career. Like I think he's always going to be a player that can quite make that um, level of difference, um, but we'll see. And Marcos Llorente is still t- still twenty six. Like he'll be around, obviously for for the for the World Cup, and um and I think someone that's going to make a difference now that well, we'll see what happens with Sergio Ramos in the future. And now he's gone to. Paris, but uh has been great. Like, they've, re- like that was, I think without him, they could have gone out in the group stage. They could have really, really, really been uh, shaky at the back, and I think with him, like, you really have an elite defender. Alongside Azpilicueta as well, like, it it took a while again to have Azpilicueta, and in all these years, like, he should have been playing more consistently for himself, but um, he's finally playing, I think those two are two d- crucial difference makers. They in, I'm trying to remember who really was keeping teams.
1: him out of the team.
0: Um, it was, um, who was, uh, uh, well, Marcos Llorente was, uh, they started tournament playing Marcos Llorente at at right back, which was like, come on, what the, what the hell are you doing with Marcos (laughs) Llorente at right back? I mean, he, he he's a player with like, like a, a box to box sort of player that can like, we just put him on, on the right, on the, on the right side of the defense and just kind of have him run up and down. But again, he wasn't really well utilized there. And before that, who am I forgetting that, was, that always played at right-back? Yeah, yeah, I
1: felt like back in the day, because I know Azpilicueta's at- playing kind of like in a back, yeah. th- back three for Chelsea now, but yeah. before then, um, you know, when he was just kind of conventional right-back, yeah. It, yeah, Garbacar like was... would be in this case. Oh, I'd yeah, think. of course. Yeah, for uh, was keeping uh, him up.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, it...
1: it's cool that he's playing now, but I agree with you about Laporta. I think um, the, the seamless transition as well. I mean, did, did he even play the friendlies? Before
0: no, about, kind of... I don't think I think he did I mean, he, he, he might have like i'm not i'm not way. sure i didn't pay attention to the friendlies but he, I, he
1: became yeah. spanish and yeah. then pretty much two days later he was played in a major tournament yeah. you know must have had no chemistry with the squad yeah. with the coach And i felt like he played really well yeah. not only in terms of defending but being dangerous at set pieces at the other end as well and mm-hmm. yeah really really nice addition for you guys and i guess like you said um, morata has been has been good and he is a top level striker he wouldn't be playing for Juve if he wasn't but but maybe he's not quite on that level of Torres or Bija or no, something yeah, like that. Definitely maybe not, yeah. you, need, you need the next one of those, right? And if yeah. you can get that, then you could be winning tournaments again. Yeah, but I hope totally. not, because you've won enough. I mean, yeah, three
0: yeah, mean, yeah. Three straight <laughs> tournaments. To let
1: the others have a tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. And, and someone I think will be interesting. Well, we'll see how it all kind of develops in goal, but I think at this point. Um, Well, we'll see how Anacimond does. He does have pretty glaring holes in his game, but... He did well here. Uh, I think the cast time is over at this point, just because it just never clicked uh, with the national team. And again, his his career has kind of been erratic towards these last few years. Again, he did like be he did he was Manchester United's player of the season for five straight years, something like that. But at this point, it doesn't feel like that quite that force that he was, and it never worked no, really in Spain as well. So I don't think I think his time will probably be unless he really has a resurgence in Manchester United and he just has to. Uh, he just forces well, his way. He
1: gets a move. Yeah, he, he gets, gets a move. move something like that. Stuff, yeah, I, I, he was one of the. Yeah. He was super elite. I think at one yeah, point he, oh, was he was by yeah. far their best player consistently, and yeah. probably in the top three keepers in the world. And it really has been yeah. like a kind of significant drop off. I think. Yeah. Um, not to compare him to like Joe Hart because I think he was always much better, but on a different type of thing, Joe Hart went from being super dependable, yeah, quite high level mm-hmm. keeper to I don't know, just absolute crazy free fall and I feel like De Gea is he's free falling man he's going down 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 every year and I don't know he needs a move he needs to Mm -hmm. because he's still relatively young if he could go somewhere and be be first choice be really good again he could be Spain's first choice keeper easily but
0: yeah, well, yeah, we would we, say about that, yeah, again, I, I, I believe him to be one of the best shot-stabbers I have ever seen in, in football. But again, just purely shot-stabbing. Again, with the rest of the aspects of being a goalkeeper, I think he, he showed isn't quite that elite level. And once he wasn't able to stop at that crazy rate that he did for those few years at Manchester United, like it did kind of become a bit more of an issue. We'll see. I think he, we'll see what happens with Henderson. I'm still not quite convinced uh, Henderson is the is the choice uh, for Manchester United. He could still regain his position there, and maybe someplace, I don't know, like Milan. I know they need a goalkeeper now. Maybe something, somewhere like that could, could work. Oh, they just
1: they just signed uh, Mike, I'm probably saying this wrong, Mike Main Mainer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. That's what right, I was thinking, yeah, okay. They need to send someone for so, But I you're don't.
1: right, yeah. someone... Some
0: someone like that, of, I, get, I get... I mean, yeah, the goalkeeper market is always you. very complicated. Like, there's not just places to go exactly to, to really, I mean, at a high level. What also,
1: about Sevilla? They no, got they have two. Like they to have, him.
0: they have not just uh, Bono from YouTube, but um, <laughs> but they also <laughs> have. They just signed um, uh, Dimitrovic from Eibar. So like, yeah, they're, oh, they're yeah. settled. So yeah, it's one of those complicated things. But in in, in any case, we'll see how that develops. But um, apart from the Gea, we'll see how Nancy Simon does. But I'm really interested to see how Robert Sanchez does because like he's been really good for Brighton, and like if he would have had, if he would have been in the team. Earlier, I mean, there wasn't really a chance because he just like debuted for Brighton in November, October, or something like that. He's been really good the rest of the season. Um, he ends up getting the call up, but again, it's like it would be really a little too abrupt, probably just throw him into uh, the Lions' Den and have him start. But I think he is probably the mo- most complete package uh, within the options, like probably more so than Unai on. So if he develops well in Brighton, really becomes one of the best. League, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, like that, will be someone to really have a, an eye out for because, because um, yeah, I think he can be like the, the next uh, like goalkeeper, staring goalkeeper for Spain. So I think that will be an interesting thing to pay attention to as well.
1: How long do you see Busquets carrying on with the national team? Because so I thought he was great. Um, yeah. Just after the whole coronavirus thing, which was, was kind of been the best start to the campaign Spain seems to have a lot of these uh <laughs> crazy dramatic starts recently with all he had thing last time yeah I know I know know yeah and um so but but i thought when after he came in and got going i thought he he looked just just as good as he always has and do you reckon i mean surely guitar i should think probably there,
0: right? probably well he he does turn um 33 tomorrow we're recording this on the 15th of July on the 16th he will be 33 he'll be 35 and uh, by Qatar will he might uh, hang around for that and it was interesting because he played uh, at this tournament I felt like much better than he'd done for Barcelona for the last two years so like that was that's
1: what I thought I thought he was on the way out I couldn't believe how good he yeah was. like and he that, did feel, feel like really yeah like possibly... it,
0: it was just one of those guys that he was never really quick and it, it just got to a point that like even at 30 he just wasn't able to make the same level of difference and apparently he still has it so we'll see i mean again it was a more more concentrated um sort of example or um sort of like proof like again like again within a very like concentrated um little like tournament it's it's easier but um i don't know We'll, we'll see how he does we'll see how he does he's still like yeah again he is one of the best to ever do it for for spain so we'll see if he's able to to hang around we'll see what happens to barcelona but yeah no that was it was really encouraging to see him play at that high level for for spain under under but like pressure. you said
1: it's a small sample size, sample right? size yeah of course yeah, that's the term i was looking I mean, for yeah when you you know can he do it every week for for bartha in in la liga but mm-hmm. i think probably he can for a couple more years and i would definitely take him to qatar but i mean i guess after him um your pal Rodri is the next yeah, yeah. The I, next mean, Busquets, I mean I mean th- right? there, so, there is
0: this, <laughs> l- this joke with Rodri that we have used on the podcast they're calling him uh, Rodri Zontal basically Rodri Zontal that he only knows yeah. how to pass sideways
1: So that's the, dip, that's the key difference I think <laughs> yeah. he has kind of the same solidity as Busquets and stuff and I think he does bring a kind of sense of calm in the midfield and for City I think he does do a great job but yeah. it's not the same as you know when Busquets collects it on the half turn yeah and just plays it through the lines. Yeah, he's a little quicker, time. a little
0: snappier with Ray's, the passes, and just Ray's, Ray's not that yeah. guy. he's
1: much more of a David Batty character, I think. But yeah. there is a place for that. But yeah,
0: it's, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how the kind of the team shapes up, and that, that, that will be a key thing to to see how it all kind of fits together.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the future is bright though for both teams. Really excited to see them both in Qatar. And I think they both have the potential to win the whole thing or crash out in disgrace. Yes. <laughs> um, both have, definitely both have the possibility of doing that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the media pressure. I mean, I'm sure as soon as the tournament comes back around, it will start ramping up. Yeah, and again, there'll be
0: like a lot of competition. To... Like France shouldn't go out against Switzerland. And again, Italy will, will be <laughs> yeah. there with two more years of experience. Germany should bounce back from their recent woes. Belgium, we'll see if Belgium is able to hang around just enough to be able to compete uh, there for for the title. Uh, I don't
1: think they'll be serious contenders though, really. I think they're top, top
0: not yeah, no, their peak has definitely players, passed but, but we'll see if they're able to like just be there enough and like maybe Hazard bounces back enough and the rest of them and if they find a good defender like they can just go again in 2022 with Berton but and, like, and Bermade like what what are we doing putting a guy that's 35 never years old we'll this, never stop. he's playing in Japan he's hardly played for the past <laughs> 10 years anywhere because he's been injured and injured and injured I, I mean poor it. guy but again it's like you, you're going to your cup or a world cup with this guy at, at the center of your defense is like Jesus Christ, but uh, it all—I mean, it all worked out. They were there; they were in contention. We'll see, and they do still have Courtois, Lukaku, De Bruyne, which will, who will also be and um, still a, a factor at, at that point. So we'll see, but yeah, um, there will be interest, and also like Brazil and Argentina mm-hmm. should um, be considered to to some to some extent there. So yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting yeah. for sure.
1: Anything could happen. There's going to be a bunch of teams. And I I think Germany will come back really strong because I feel like um, they're not as... I think these countries that just have such high standards like Spain and France and Germany and to some extent Italy, any drop-off is seen as... You know, a disaster. And I feel like they're not quite the team they were, but they are still. No, they still have a lot history. of good players.
0: They just kind of have to do click with flick um, to to do kind of yeah, a turn of phrase. Exactly.
1: When they get flicking, yeah, I feel like they're basically going to have you know Bayern Munich reunion with him. And I think with, I mean, maybe Muller won't maybe he won't be playing yeah but again, even if he doesn't like i think dab- these kind of need that little
0: extra ingredient because they do have all the kind of sort of plays and again Corosa has retired from the national team but again they still have enough quality like again and kind of what happened with chelsea the Tuchel came in all of a sudden havertz and werner started yeah. like producing so again they do have the raw materials there to like be a contender they definitely
1: so. have the raw materials that's the thing i think it was maybe just more of a coaching issue and that's why we were able to get by them i think but um, but I think on paper, yeah. I mean, and who knows? In a couple of years, there'll be other players that are coming yeah. through that maybe we're not even considering right now. So uh, yeah, it'll we, be a we great weren't considering.
0: I, I mean, to some extent, do. we already heard like in the example of England, Santo for England, be, like Bellingham, like in 2018, like you're thinking World Cup, you're not thinking of Santo, you're not thinking of Bellingham, you're not thinking of a sad guy even. So like, so yeah, again, yep. players that are like really like you're out of your mind at this moment that can like really break through in, uh, in a in a season and a half. So we'll say about
1: that. We will see, and and best to look to both teams. And I think I would say congratulations to both teams and both coaches personally. Um, I think they both did great, and I think at least met expectations. I would say hmm. with the with the positions they had. I don't know what the expectation was in Spain, but I think to reach the semis probably yeah, no, it definitely wasn't that.
0: Like I don't think there was anything like concrete, but just how you saw, like even when they got eliminated, like there was a lot of like good feeling about the whole thing. Like, okay, we got, we got eliminated by Italy in the shootout and it could have made a little bit more, but the fact that it looked so bleak at first and mm-hmm. then it kind of came around and improved, it got better. Um, I think that, that, did a lot, did a lot, and and again reaching the semifinals. Everyone was really, really happy with that uh, result. So yeah, I think I think will be the same thing here. Yeah,
1: apart from the uh, you know obviously the elements of society that are <laughs> you know despicable, I've yeah. spoken before. That I think the most for the most part, it's just a sense of yeah, we expected to do well. Like we did think we'd go quite far, and we did, and we held. Uh, you know, I would say for sure the best team in the tournament from from the moment it started all the way to penalties. They've been, they're undefeated in 34 games or something like that. They were there for the taking, but at the same time, we took them as far as we possibly could. We went out on penalties. And I think, you know, um, you can talk about the the systems and everything like that, but in terms of the actual, you know, the result on paper, I think most England fans would be really happy with not only just how the tournament went, but the great memories, you know, that it's just been so fun. It's been so cool to, instead of going to the pub for the last 16 game, against belgium you know waiting <laughs> to go out or whatever yeah <laughs> it's been playing against germany winning oh my god wow great feelings and beating ukraine and beating denmark and it's been really cool an amazing amazing summer really so hopefully we'll have a great uh christmas i guess with qatar
0: yeah yeah well yeah like the 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 final will be a great christmas present to whoever wins because it'll be right before i think the final's on the 22nd or 20th of that's december so something cool. like that so so yeah that that will that will be it'll be fun and interesting and weird and like you're playing guitar and oh weird
1: <laughs> with i guess the league seasons are gonna be it, yeah, like on that, hold yeah. that's gonna be so weird you know you'll be watching yeah kind of Brighton versus Everton one day and then okay lads let's chill for a month or whatever (laughs) go to Qatar it's gonna be weird
0: yeah no absolutely yeah yeah like well what AFCON basically is like each year but like the league's stopping completely and everyone's going (laughs) coming back and getting back into things yeah that'll be that'll be um so something to to see for sure and um and the whole thing with Qatar and all that involves that that will be its own kind of thing to to contend with but um but yeah, no, that, it'll, it'll it'll be interesting. And again, I think and it's, it's, yeah, it's been a really fun Euros. I, a lot of people have like probably proclaimed it as their favorite tournament ever. For me, nothing will ever top two thousand and eighteen. But I think coming off from that, like this was a really like really nice, fun tournament. Lots of goals, and again, it, it was one of those things like. I mean, I knew it was coming, but I didn't really, like, it just was one of those things, like, after such a long season, and I got right into it as it started, but right in those first couple of weeks, like, right between the Champions League final and this, it's like, now the Euros is coming, I wasn't just not have any kind of sort of expectations of anything great happening, and it was ended up being a really, really good tournament, so... So yeah, I think that at least that on all senses and kind of, and not, and again, it wasn't perfect. And again, all over Europe and some places having crowds, some not, but like all the yeah. scenes in Hungary, at least the good parts of the, of the Hungary sellout and, um, and, uh, in the Budapest arena and, and everything else with like England doing well, Spain doing well, Italy doing well in Denmark after what happened with Ericsson, having that rallying uh, together and doing the, so well. Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really, a really fun tournament. Really, really, really fun
1: really cool and i think a lot of people had low expectations for the quality too because i know i expected all the players to be out on their feet and just maybe a lot of kind of you know nil nils and early on i realized okay wow this is a lot of goals a lot of action and really like you said a lot of upsets stories a lot of stories and i think for me it definitely um was way above expectations I, i really enjoyed it and I guess that's what'll be so unique about the next one is we won't know what to expect. I mean, in a way, it could be different to anything we've ever ever seen because of where it is in the calendar. It's going to be unique. But I think, uh, like you touched on, there's a lot of other considerations with Qatar um, that are non-football related that I think are somewhat problematic. And and in this tournament, too, logistically, with with the whole lots of different. I think we've learned that that experiment didn't work. It's a nice idea, I think, but I don't necessarily think we need to be doing that again because um, it does create some kind of I don't know fairness issues I, I think
0: yeah. it is yeah it's kind, it kind of one of those it's aspects that just ended up be, it, being kind of odd like again it can work sort of maybe in the future in a, in a different sort of format but yeah for this it, it, it worked well enough but yeah there was still aspects that made it just a little too like all over the place and having a tournament just be a little bit more compact as, as sort of I mean territorially wise like maybe russia was even more traveling to some extent but again just being in that one place just makes it the whole thing just feel a little bit more like put well put together
1: i think i heard someone mention to the carnival atmosphere too maybe um in russia it's huge like you said but with it being in one country even if the country is russia there's that sense that kind of everyone in the country is you know this is that we're all there together, it's this one thing, whereas I guess it must be weird to kind of, I mean, I guess, I don't know, in Budapest they probably had a bit of a kind of atmosphere for those games they had, but in general, it couldn't have been, it would have been different if Hungary had hosted the whole tournament, then the whole thing, the whole country would have been behind it and it would have felt a little bit different, but I think that in general, they, they made it work. I mean, COVID doesn't help, obviously. Maybe the concept will be better without COVID. But for the fans, you know, with the restrictions, it's a little bit yeah. kind of, you know, it's not very cool for the fans. It's not so cool for the players. and um, Unless you ha- unless you have money
0: me. and then you don't have to do PCRs or anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then if, especially if you're UA for official, then it's pretty cool because you can yeah. go to games all over the place and have a jet setting uh, tournament that would be pretty cool <laughs> i can see that but for the average fan maybe not so cool but yeah but yeah i loved it and i um, so happy that we got to the final so proud of the other of boys and um hopefully we can take on this positivity now into the next tournament into the qualifiers well we have to qualify for technically
0: well yeah but i guess so, like, okay well, well, i mean unless it's a <laughs> catastrophe like italy like yeah it has to really be a big catastrophe yeah. like Eight We're pretty in good. Qualifiers, usually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, barring 2008 and the Umbrella and the whole thing, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I think
1: we've missed twice in my lifetime because we missed uh, yep. World Cup '94 and
0: '94. That's, right, that's right. That's right. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh,
1: I was only four for that, so yeah. um, it's one of my favorite World Cups because when I was like six or seven, I first started knowing what football kind of was. Mm-hmm. I had a VHS of it. and mm-hmm. I loved watching back all the goals and everything, but at the time, I didn't really. No war, care. So, really, 2008 is the only real catastrophe that I've lived through. Yeah. And other than that, we always, we're always we that team that always qualifies in, like, super dominant fashion yeah. against the weaker teams. We always top the group. It's always, oh, my God, look at the flair, the 4-0 wins, the 5-0 wins. And then when the tournament comes, it's always, what about when you play a good team? And then... Yeah, we're not yeah, in we San Marino
0: anymore, Dorothy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We always fail at that point. But that seems to have changed now. So, we yeah. can, you know... Um, we can, we can beat uh, some decent teams now. So I think we should be optimistic. And I think Gareth will finally get his vindication.
0: Hopefully, hopefully. He... When
1: he lifts the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Hopefully he does. Thanks so much for listening to the Sportacos Football Stories podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Review it with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If that's where you listen to us. And above all, share it widely with friends and foes.
1: And don't forget to head to www.sportacost.com for news and statistics from the world of football. You can also follow us on Twitter, that's at sportacostcom. You can follow me at Craig Sporticos And, Ander, where can they find you?
0: Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Anders Hoffman, at Anders Hoffman altogether. And also, you can email the podcast at show at sporticos.com if you want to connect with us directly in any capacity. With all that being said, thanks again so much for being with us. We'll be back on Monday. And until then, cheerio.